Throughout history, free thinkers have outraged the religious with their wacky ideas about the virtues of free speech, reason, and of course, eating babies. Now, God is dying, and it's time to dispose of his remains. From the pits of hell, Satan sends two puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment with Ali Rizwi and Armin Navabi. Welcome everybody to another episode of Secular Jihadists for a Muslim Enlightenment. My name is Ali Rizwi, with me is Armin, who's going to very awkwardly greet you right now. Armin, say hello. Hi. Hi, there you go. So, yeah, we are, we're talking, okay, so, so today, today, um, there is a question that I've been thinking about a lot, and I think a lot of people are very confused about, and it's about uh, Muslim homophobia, homophobia within the Muslim community. It's very confusing to a lot of liberal Westerners. On one hand, they don't want to be seen as Islamophobic, in quotes. On the other, they don't want to be seen as homophobic. And this actually, they have to choose between one or the other, or seemingly so. So what do they do when this homophobia is coming from the Muslim community? And in context, this has actually been in the news in a big way. Uh, in the city of Birmingham, England, there have been several schools that have been dealing with growing protests almost entirely from the city's Muslim community for teaching children about LGBTQ plus relationships. And uh, there are several schools where this has happened. Parkfield uh, Community School is one. Uh, the other uh, major one recently in the news is Anderton Park Primary. And uh, over here, there are hundreds of uh, Muslim protesters who came out and they just did not want their little kids to be taught anything about LGBT relationships, even that they exist. So, um, you know, we're going to get into this and we're going to get into a lot of uh, different topics over here that stem from this because this is just sort of a symptom of a much uh, bigger issue that is happening in these communities. And we're, we're very fortunate and very honored uh, to have with us uh, a former teacher at Anderton Anderton Park Primary. She taught music there for about five years, um, and she also attended a UK school that that had a significant um, number of Muslim uh, girls in it. And she has a lot of insights to share with us. So, Sophia Johnson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, we t we are too. So, just to um, start really quick with this topic, uh, you are both. Uh, you know, you've lived in the UK, right? And mm -hmm. you also live in the US now. I think you're yep. in Austin now. Um, mm -hmm. So w what was, I mean, you're seeing everything that's happening at Anderton Park. I think the most recent development is that the courts have ruled that these protests are a form of harassment and they've created an exclusion zone around the school, which is, which is a, a good thing. When did that um, happen? That's great. A couple of days ago, just two days ago. Two days yeah. ago, wow. So, yeah. But, but there is this uh, sort of issue in, I mean, in the UK, especially we've seen with, you know, people, uh, you know, with the Rotherham case uh, where people just, they don't want to point out problems in the Muslim community. If evangelical Christians are doing it, if other fundamentalists or religious people, Scientologists, whatever, are doing it, then, then we can criticize it openly. But when the exact same hap thing happens in the Muslim community, people are very apologetic and, and shy about it. So... Um, what was your experience like uh, uh, teaching over there and how do you view these uh, protests that you're seeing happen? Um, my ex experience at that particular school, um, I taught in a, I was a peripatetic, 
it's the word of a year, peripatetic guitar teacher. So I actually taught in a range of schools all across um, Birmingham. Um, and uh, Anderton Park, um, and it's actually in, in, in Spark Hill. And I, I grew up in Moseley, which is like the next little suburb over. Um, I had friends who, when I was a kid, I knew people that went to Anderton Park Primary. Um, that in, in, it was a lovely school in many ways, and I really enjoyed teaching there. Um, I was I was part of a program um, that aimed to give um, all thirty kids in a class, all thirty of them, a guitar for a year to take home and practice with, and we gave guitar lessons where there was two teachers and we taught all 30 kids at once. So it was a pretty... Uh, wow, I would have liked uh, to be there. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was actually really fun. But we did run into some issues, um, the most significant one of which being that a girl, a little girl brought her guitar back to me and um, said that her dad wouldn't allow her to have the guitar in the house at all. Um, and that because guitar is for prostitutes, which I was, yeah. I remember just being absolutely staggered at the time, just like, I, I don't even know what to say to this. So I also she told didn't... you this? Like she said that my dad said guitar. So her dad has obviously Muslim said girl? it to her a little more. Well, yeah. And every, I mean, there weren't Muslim girls there without hijabs on. And, and we we're age seven. They're oh. age seven. And so I guess the, with this protest, which is supposed to be about protecting. I just I feel like the the protesters have really hijacked the. Well, there's a couple of things. The first thing is that I think this is based on a misunderstanding. There are no LGBT lessons. Like this isn't. They're, they're calling for something to stop, which isn't actually happening. There's no. Um, you know, there's definitely no mention of gay sex. There's none of that. There should be. Um, well, I don't know. It's seven-year-old. <laughs> For seven-year-old. <laughs> anyway, go on. But I, so there's that. That's so one like step the, at a time, Armin. One step. <laughs> increments. Um, but I think the objection is to uh, some books. And one of the books, I think, is about two male penguins and an egg. And the other book is about a boy that wants to dress up as a princess. That's what this is. So how we've ended up that the the protesters are saying that kids are being taught um, like promote gay. I don't know. It's being promoted. It's, it's like saying that they're promote. They're pro what they're talking about is equality, mm. and they're not promoting black people or disabled people or like. It, it, it's just about saying this exists in the world, um, right. which I don't think is a contentious point. Yeah, but yeah, um, but there should yeah. be. Pro I mean, if even if they were promoting, I wouldn't see a problem with them promoting. No, but I, I, I think right now the problem is it's we're at a again like the incremental thing. We're at the point. Let's say you know, forget about the promoting thing. We're at the point where there are kids who are going to school. These kids are going to grow up. They're going to live in a society. They're going to meet other people who have two mothers. They have two fathers. Um, they're you know, and and they, you have to tell them that that exists. You have to tell them yeah. that there's different forms of family because it's the reality. Whether the whether you agree with it or not, it's not. I mean, that's not promoting a gay agenda. Mm -hmm. um, to to say that the gay agenda, by the means, way, I don't know that either. But, yeah, but I'm quoting like the the people who say it. And the, the, yeah, go on, Armin. 
No, like here's an ex here the the level of sexuality that these kids are exposed to is the same. I think it would be the same level of sexuality that you are exposed to when you see like this Sleeping Beauty, right? Or like when the prince kisses the princess, um, or when, or even if they're holding, or they're falling in love, or the prince is like fighting a dragon for the princess. The the kids can know that the prince is attracted to the princess, like, or the princess is like falling in love for the prince. Nobody yeah. has a problem with that. So that's well, actually, that's, Snow White is a big problem because she was sleeping. I don't know. And then he just. <laughs> She was like knocked out, and then he came and he just kissed her out All right, of the blue. Without Ellie, don't, can you just wait for me to make my point? <laughs> okay. Okay. You're ruining, because the, the thing is that um, my point is that people these these people that have a problem with I mean the problem that you're addressing is from the woke side. The people on the on the on this side don't really have an issue with princes and princesses falling in love and stuff like that and that's the level of sexuality that we're talking about right the level right. of sexuality like if 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 you're if you don't have an issue that with your kid sees that the princess is falling in love with the prince or that they're kissing or that they're getting married that's that same level of sexuality could be two princes two two boy princes and two or two princesses right mm -hmm. and that would be the same level of sexuality there's nothing extra sexual about that right if, the, if two girls are holding hands or two girls are getting married, what's so confusing about that? If they're confused about that, then why are they not confused about stories where men and women are getting married in there? Right? Yeah, I, I would completely agree. I mean, and that is what you've just described is the level of, of an LGBTQ plus agenda that is being promoted at this. That's, that's it. Like right. just Penguins. that this exists in the world. Yeah. That is the message. This which, exists. Yeah. Which like, imagine if you were gay and all the stories that you read was saw like men falling in love with women and vice versa, you will grow up thinking like, what the hell's wrong with me? So if 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 out of if out of a hundred stories, one of them was like, hey, two girls falling in love with each other, you're like, oh, that's like me. Like you would feel yeah. you would go through your life without so. Having not to go through a lot of the shame, a lot of the disgust, a lot of the, um, you know, being quiet about your identity, a lot of the time thinking that there's something wrong. All of that would be taken away from you just by having one story that like, hey, maybe, maybe this is okay. Maybe this is normal. I mean, that's such a beautiful gift to give to a child mm -hmm. to not to have to, not to have to go through and, all that trauma. And a lot of this is not, I mean, you know, we're talking about sexuality, but this is not about sexuality at all. No. A lot of it. It's just about it like, okay, no, you have a completely, supposing you have a completely benign story. This is the problem. This is, you have a completely benign story, right, about anything else. And it's just that the characters in the story happen to be uh, two men. Instead of mommy and daddy, you've got daddy and daddy, and that's it. Otherwise, the story is completely like anything else. Yeah, and I mean, it is, is it is sexuality, but it's the level of sexuality that we tolerate among straight stories, mm -hmm. right? It, it, absolutely. Right. So, well, I definitely think that by protesting in this way, mm. they've had the opposite effect. If you didn't want your kids to know about gay <laughs> stuff, like, well, they all know now. <laughs> that's kind of the point I feel like about this whole thing is that everything about it is like backwards. Right. The the people who the intolerant people are standing at the school gates yelling about that that they that they are they are being oppressed. Mm. That and I, everything just seems to have 
and that's I'm really glad that we did just get that uh, the ruling um, about stopping them from assembling outside the school yeah. so that these kids can go to school because what this is you know this is about education and what kids are being educated well all of this is just stopping education just like taking the, the guitar off the girl saying she can't do it that is actually a hindrance to education and I you know just come from this at a point of uh, as a teacher, I've, I've taught guitar since I was 18. I love teaching guitar. I particularly, as a female lead guitar player, like teaching girls. I want to give girls confidence to be like, this is not just for boys. That, And to be like, age seven, you know, take to take it out of the girl's hand and be like, you can't have this. This is not open to you. To me, that's an infringement of her right to learn. Mm. You know, and this, there's, there's that, these are, uh, the protesters are taking a moral high ground that they have no, in my opinion, no right to take because they are the people continually putting impediments to their children's learning and now they're suddenly all concerned about what it is. You don't get to pick and to me, it's it's logically inconsistent to get to pick and choose like that, you right. know. Um, what about the people that say, like, listen, these are parents have uh, the right to decide what they kids are exposed to not the school not the government well i just don't think that's that's not what the law says is it yeah. homeschool them homeschool, homeschool yeah them. don't send them to school then if you really feel that um, strongly but i i think that well see i would if it was up to me um i don't think religious schools should be allowed at all oh, I, I, I feel like it's, it's brainwashing I, well, I mean, the the response I would give to my to somebody that would say that I would think that actually parents are the worst people to decide what's good for their child. Like I would I would trust uh, institutions that have done a lot of research, a yeah. lot of you know, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of science behind what's good for to teach. Like I think a lot of people think, but just because something came out of you, uh, that means that you own it. Um, I don't think that, I mean, these are hu little human beings that have rights and if the parents are not looking after them properly or educating them properly, I, I mean, I, a lot of people think, I, I, I see the government having to, st uh, should have a limited role, but I think that children, especially if the parents are not doing a good job, that the government definitely have to well, come and step that in. Is, that is legally how it is. So legally... Yeah. What happens is, uh, and you know, we went through this in bioethics and in, in medical school, and you, you learn about this, is that if there's parents who come in and their child needs life-saving life treatment, mm -hmm. and they say, no, you know, we're just going to give them some willow bark or some crap like that, <laughs> then you are legally allowed to take those kids off of, away from the parents, yeah. and the state is allowed to give permission to administer that life-saving treatment. So, And it's a, the, it's a moral the, the law, I think, is, too, because, we, I mean, yeah. if, if it's government supposed to take care of its uh, citizens, I think the main citizens that, uh, that it needs to protect are the ones that can't protect themselves, which includes mm. children, especially the ones that are not being looked after properly by the people that they trust the most. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. I mean, kids are kids before the age of 18, uh, at least in the U.S., and I, I think in Canada, too, are actually the states under the state's guardianship the state has precedence i mean the, the patients mm. the patients parents often they're both <laughs> <laughs> the, the parents have uh, you know as much authority that can people usually stay out of the way but unless when you get to a point where you're causing uh, any kind of sort of irreversible harm uh then then the state does get to step in and no, nothing and nothing can stop them so right. um i i, I mean i, I guess the 
the medical situation is a lot, uh, yeah, like more, that's about life and death. But, you know, the getting women, I feel really passionate about women being educated. And, you know, we, we sent, like, Malala came to Birmingham to be educated. We have a, a fantastic school system. We have, you know, I, I, I was proud to be a teacher. I was proud to be part of an, an initiative, like trying to, you know, make uh, money not an issue. Kids should have instruments. They should have access to learning. Um, and that, you know, yeah, it's not it's not life or death, but if you get a whole gener generations of people who are not being educated, to me, that that is a big. I mean, I'm not saying they're not being educated, but you know, Britain is. We have laws in place to protect children so that they can get access to education. But this big muddy grey area where religion and particularly Islam is concerned, I know there is a, and has been a hesitancy. Like when I got given that guitar guitar back i didn't even dare tell anyone i just i just said okay well you don't have to take it home then you can leave it at school she was the one kid that had to leave the guitar in school she's thankfully her dad didn't stop her doing the music lessons she still got to participate but she couldn't go home and practice and that it just got to me and uh, and uh, you know i had i this op the opportunities that i have had living in birmingham with the wonderful education system I know are being denied to other girls mm. um, and then the people that are trying to deny those rights to to girls are, are now standing outside school gates hollering that they're being oppressed like I, yeah. it, to me it's, it doesn't it makes no ha, sense you know, has we, Malala uh, sorry one second has Malala Yusuf say because she is all about all girls getting educated I mean what you're talking about and by the way it's so well said and what you're saying is so well articulated I feel like I want to take clips of what you're saying and, and put them out there. Probably will. But <laughs> well, the, actually, but shout out to Hannah because she does that for us. Yeah, yeah. Hannah. No, quick shout out to Hannah, Anna, and Lotus. Like all of you guys are amazing. This is our background staff that helps us produce a podcast. Anyway, yeah. but, but so you, you know, you're talking about how you want girls to be educated. That is what Malala Yousafzai won the Nobel Prize for. Has she? And considering that she was in Birmingham, has she commented on this? I would hope she has. I. Not that I've seen, but that doesn't mean that she that she hasn't. I looked up today a bunch of, I mean, weirdly, Katie Hopkins has got involved. Did you see? You, you yeah, know who she's she on is? the wrong side. Okay, so. But she went. But this is where, like, it all comes to me is like come full circle. Katie, I hate Islam. Hopkins is now meeting with Shaquille. What? Uh, what's his Afsar. name? Afsar. And they agree about this. What? Well, okay, because so they're right. Because this is what. Okay, this is why I could never understand the the marriage between the liberals and Islam. Because Islam is right wing, and yeah. and the more and I, this is something that people have predicted for a very long time. And like first, people were like confused, like what the hell? Why are liberals getting in bed with Islam? This is a right wing ideology. And more and more liberals are realizing that okay, this is this is goes against all our values. And more well, and more right wing people are realizing that there there's hey, stuff about Islam that they like. I, I because I follow a lot of right wing content, and they are they are they are falling in love with Islam, and they're becoming allies. <laughs> a lot of okay, so, so I had to. I had to a genuine lefty, genuine feminist, genuine everything gets called right wing right. because I don't want to associate with right wing ideology. I, how did we get to this point? Like, I know. Join the club. I, and that's well, I guess. The, I mean, yeah, you this guys is the next must thing. 
feel a lot more with this than I do on a limited scale. Yeah, no, well, I mean, um, it's you're going to catch up, and it won't be a bad thing. So this is actually the next thing I wanted to talk about, the KD Hopkins. So I was looking at a picture of KD Hopkins standing with the people leading these anti-gay protests. Right. Right. And she has gone. She is a totally anti-Muslim immigration, anti-everything. And now she has found common ground yeah. with these Islamic conservatives who are protesting LGBT, um, you know, teaching to kids' schools, and she's in alignment with them. Yeah, similar like, thing, we, we hate gays, thing. you hate gays, let's get together and hate gays together. Yeah. <laughs> together. So, so similar thing actually happened where I'm sitting in Ontario. Okay, so in Ontario, a few years ago, and still a long time, there were these similar huge protests because there was a sex ed curriculum that was proposed by, and this isn't just a primary case, it's a sex ed curriculum that would include that would be inclusive of lgbtq relationships right again nothing overtly sexual just that they exist okay and this is this is how it happens um and uh, a lot of muslim people came out and they protested it one of them uh, what one of the things that was around was a book and this is a book by someone who is a not huge fan of armin and i uh Ina and ice mangoes she doesn't love us but this is one of the amazing things she did was she wrote this children's book called my chacha's gay which is about a pakistani family where the uncle was gay and uh, they were considering using this book in the schools and all these muslim parents came and they started protesting um and now the conservative government in ontario with doug ford is doing the same thing they're trying to cut this stuff out of the sex ed curriculum and they're completely in alignment uh, with the Islamic uh, fundamentalists and the conservatives. So, uh, you know, it, it is pretty but amazing. But in a way, I am glad. I am glad that this is all uh, coming to a head because, mm. like, this has been brewing for a long time. And Birmingham, you know, I feel so lucky to have had the incredibly liberal upbringing that I had. I mean, I Birmingham is a wonderful multicultural city, and we have a huge pride. You know, I mean, and this year's Pride, I think, is going to be massive. And lots of, I've already seen lots of Muslims and ex-Muslims are going to go to Pride to show their solidarity, you know, ab about this this cause. But, like, if it kind of, if it was going to happen any anywhere, I can see um, it happening in Birmingham. And I'm glad, and I'm really glad that the head of the school has just, yep. like, not, ba she's not, um... Backing down. Bowing to any, yeah, she won't back down. She's taken a hard stance and she's just sticking to it. And I haven't, I'm so glad to see that because that's not what I've seen kind of in the past. And, you know, if that's how you get to crazy situations like Rotherham with people like just so afraid of the racism smear and the Islamophobia smear that what happens is kids get denied, you know, or kids get abused or you'd like, I'm so I'm really proud of the the head of Addington so, Park, and I think she should stick to her guns. But how, what do you think is going to happen in the long term? Because we were we have been waiting for something like this for a very long time. Because we knew something like this happened. Because we knew that uh, Islam and the uh, and the liberal ideology is not compatible, and we also knew neither Islam is going to be able to give an inch. And mm -hmm. liberal community is not going to also be able to give an inch. Like, they're not going to accept homophobia. And Islam will never be gay-friendly. Okay? So mm -hmm. we knew that none, nobody... So we knew that at some point these two are going to clash. And we just don't know... We didn't know how it's going to look... What's going to look like and who's going to win. But in the long run, do you think... Like, I, I can't... I mean, it looks like maybe the liberal side will win. But I can't 
Islam is very powerful. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, like, and so. England has some worrying laws about like hate speech. To, to me, as a like free speech person, and I would be scared that in that yeah mm. that we would the liberals would lose this fight. But um, it appears not to be. You know, with the with what's just happened with Three this this injunction. Yeah. Um, you know that is a positive step but i mean i don't know how this is a huge as you said like this this problem is like brewing and is going to become and bigger. this is maybe the first beginning of of these two things clashing and i mean if if liberals are really committed to their principles of of being liberal and being tolerant it's not the gays that are saying you know death to muslims and that kind of is like the mm. i don't know the to me it seems like eventually the liberal people will have to fall in with the with the you know but will they think about it? my problem is I, I think people don't think about it hard, hard enough the liberals will have to kind of if you're really committed to your liberal principles you, i feel like you'd have to side with the with lgbt TQ yeah. over the over Islam on this, but uh, yeah. the the fear is so of. I mean, and there are they've got signs outside the school saying you say we're homophobic, we say you're Islamophobic, and that so there's those two phobic things. Yeah, but I, but gay people are not killing Muslims. They're not that, throwing Muslims what, off rooftops. That's they're kind not, of what I was trying to articulate. Yeah, they're not yeah. executing it, them and hanging gay people. There's when you're choosing. They really you, are live and let live. Right. If you want to choose, if you have a choice, to all the, my liberal lefty allies out there, and I'm very lefty, so if if you're out there, just if you don't think of this as a choice between quote unquote Islamophobia and homophobia, because there is no gay person out there who's going out and saying that I want to kill Muslims. There's no state out there where gay people are saying we have to hang Muslims from cranes to execute them. Like being Muslim is not a punishment. In fact, we have people like gay public intellectuals, intellectuals in quotes, like Glenn Greenwald and everything who come out. They defend Muslims, you know, and Muslims' rights all the time. It's just uh, so. This is what I what is happening. It's a false choice. What's happening here is just the beginning of a. I think what's going to be a much much bigger and a, and a global battle because again i this is this is where the party the the union between the left and the islam is going to end this is this whole lgbt thing is where where the battle line is going to be drawn mm -hmm. uh, yeah and 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 neither side is willing to give in to the other side on this one at all right and and this is something that th and this is why uh, what I have done in my activism to show how big of a battle this is going to be, and this is when I got the most of, the, of my deference, is when we did stuff like put the Kaaba in a gay in, in a gay rainbow you know, drapes. When we had the gay Kaaba, that went viral, and that got me the most deference I've ever received in my life. You know, me, I have I have burned the Quran, and I haven't received one percent of the deference than the day when I went out in gay pride parade and I had the Allah is gay uh, mm -hmm. sign. And basically the whole point of the gay Kaaba and the Allah is gay sign was to show how, what a major reaction you're going to get to this. This is going to mm -hmm. be a fierce battle between the left and Islam. And it's only going to get bigger. We're only seeing the first sign of it here in, Bir in Birmingham. 
Yeah. I kind of feel like bring it on. Like yeah. it's it's time it's we need time. to have this yeah. with this. You know, people like Jimmy Bangash, um, who um, I've heard on the on the podcast, and you know, I hope that more gay Muslims and gay ex-Muslims that those are the voices I feel like we need we need to hear, and they hopefully will be empowered to speak up a, a bit more. I mean, it's interesting. I did read that there's a lot of Pro people at Anderton Park, parents who are actually in full support of the school's stance, but they don't want to go out and protest because they're kind of intimidated by the by the religious pro, and they're worried about appearing um, to support the school. You know, I, I think you know, obviously the the squeaky what's the say, the squeaky wheel gets the grease or whatever. Like the people that are shouting the loudest are, are dominating, but I think there is a lot of support in um, for for the school taking this stance and just saying no and the the, the head said some interesting things like right. um that we that she doesn't think it, that any school should ever change its agenda because there are parents outside screaming at the school gates and she said that's and great I, i'm re you know that I'm that impressed. is really really encouraging some good news yeah. from the uk for for some change yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. which it's not like i'm used to that especially with everything that's going on the most it's a bloody disaster yeah. on all fronts so we're um, gonna we're, we'll, we'll also uh get to that and i think uh, and another thing jimmy bangash if you're listening and if you I, I've reached out to you. We'd like to have you back on to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, so, but um, do you yeah. think it's against it? So, what is the court? Because this is very new. Like, it happened two days ago. The court said that the, the these protests are harassment. Like, some people might say, "Well, that's against free speech." Muslims, even if you think that the school shouldn't give in, and the school should stand its ground. Uh, the protests should still be allowed because that's free speech. So what? what I think they're saying the protests are allowed. You just yeah. can't do it outside the gates of the school and stop the kids being able to come in and out of the school freely. Exactly. I think right. that's that would yeah. be, and which I kind of feel like I agree with. Like, yeah, they obviously they they should be allowed to protest, but when it, my whole thing is this, like if it's stopping kids from learning and, and, and they had to close the school, they've had to, you know, and with all that going on, how is the kids supposed to like focus on, on school work? So I think yeah. that's the point they've, they've, they've got to, and there's going to be another hearing. This isn't the end of it. This is like yeah. a temporary but thing. It, it drives me insane. This is not a free speech issue. This is like the problem with the other side. Oh, this is a free, it is not a free speech issue because nobody's free speech is being, Oppress. I mean, these people can. It's like the Westboro Baptist Church ruling from the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. like, it would uh, have been it, if they weren't allowed to protest. But it's good that they're allowed no, but to protest. They, they are allowed to yeah. protest. Yeah, okay, and good. they should be. And nobody's not stopping them from protesting. Mm -hmm. There is an exclusion zone. They just can't go right up uh, to the school and and prevent and, and disrupt it. But it's, I want them like, to because I want the kids. Like this is a good thing. The kids are like might get more curious. I mean, no, I, I I don't. I think the kids will be curious enough, but knowing what's going on and they have right. to live with these parents um and so it's just you know I, I don't think that that's necessary yeah but um Sophie, Sophia, i wanted to talk about how um moving on from this so not only did you teach at this school uh, but you also attended school uh, in birmingham uh, you mm -hmm. attended um can i say the name of the school Is sure swanshurst yeah yeah swanshurst so th this was at the time it was the biggest all-girl comprehensive school in europe uh, with uh, about 300 girls in each year, and a total of about 600 girls overall. And, 1,600. Uh, oh, 1,600. You're right. Yeah, my math is, uh, uh, you know. About as good as mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Um, so and 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 you said that uh, you know up to half it was a rough estimate up to half of the girls there were also children from Muslim families hey, and the least? age groups were yeah. at, mm-hmm. like 12 13 14 15 around that age mm-hmm. um, and you had some amazing stories that, that you told me so what yeah. were, was that experience um, like? so I was I went to a very liberal hippy dippy primary school so that's from like four to eleven um, and I am the child of two very liberal people. I was not christened. I've, I've literally basically had no contact with religion um, uh, at all. Um, just, it just wasn't part of my life. You know, we sang at school, we <laughs> sang Yellow Submarine in assembly and like it just, you know, we had Christmas and I knew, I, I, we did religious education. I remember going to a, a, a Sikh temple and a, mo- you know, but it was just like, just like I just shit it was just part of like everything else I was learning on then people believe this but I just never I never had to read any of the book I never had to do anything so when I went at age 11 went to Swanshurst it was my first like real contact with with religious people really um, Muslims, mostly? Muslims and um, <laughs> I was I was shocked and kind of horrified I was because there were you know I was told straight away like by little hijabi girls like they weren't going to do any work at school because their par- because when they were 16 they were going to go into an arranged marriage in Pakistan anyway so there's just no point doing any work yeah. like and I was just staggered like what do you mean like I already had plans to go to university age you know 11 I knew that I wanted to like educate I'd lucky brought up in a liberal home books were all around I was encouraged to read I was encouraged to ask questions and then I came up you know in secondary school just against like no you can't play the guitar no I'm not I'm not allowed to have music lessons I'm not allowed to have a musical instrument I'm you know and I just I couldn't I couldn't believe it and and then I mean not to say that all the Muslim there was also like a lot of very hard-working Muslim girls who were already on a route to like being a doctor or a you know that they're definitely seen and they were obviously from more liberal Islamic homes as opposed to the then there was, and a, a lot of them didn't wear hijabs. That a lot of the girls yeah, that were, yeah, um, and um, I mean, the probably the worst thing I can remember is definitely in year nine. So we will have been thirteen, fourteen. Shabna disappeared to an arranged marriage in Pakistan and never came back. Oh my god! Yeah, you you said that you remember at least two girls disappearing. Yeah, and there's the yeah. It was, and, and it was just accepted. It was just like, what happened? Why is she not coming to school anymore? Oh, arranged marriage, Pakistan. Gone to How Pakistan. Marry, marry a cousin in Pakistan. Yeah. 13, How, 14. 13. I hadn't even kissed a boy yet. I hadn't even... I, I was... <laughs> like, I was still... You know, I was terrified. I'd like, to me, and then, the, like, the Islamophobia, like, you know, in... When I found out that in this religion I would not be allowed to wear what I want, I would not be allowed to be friends with who I wanted, I would not be allowed to pursue my whole life dream. I, you know, I'm going to be a guitar player. I'm going to be a songwriter. That's what I'm doing. Mm. I would, I'd, and to know that there were, you know, people sitting next to me in class. We lived in the same city, yet I had this world of opportunities, and she, she couldn't do any of that. She already knew her life plan was. By the sooner she is not legally required to go to school anymore, or even before then, she would be taken 
into and have an arranged marriage. Why were you? Yeah. Terif- it's very interesting that you 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 must be a person with a lot of sympathy because a lot of people just observe it and they're like meh, but you're like putting yourself in their position and you're scared, like you're like ter- yeah. you're terrified. Like how? Why did that impact you so much? Um, I'm not. I'm not. Into- I just couldn't believe. I, right. Like shock. I think shock, and because you know my dad and mum were just so liberal and supportive of every endeavor that I wanted to pursue you know and I my dad's a musician that's and you know when I said to dad age seven which I think was pretty much the result of having watched back to the future and seen uh, <laughs> the Johnny be good mime that Michael J Fox says I was like oh, finally yeah. dad I want and he made me have classical guitar lessons which I wasn't that impressed with but I'm very glad he did that now but you know I I said I want to do this and my dad made that available to me I also remember being young and being like uh what i remember telling my dad that i was really worried about how big the universe was when i like found out and that how small i was my dad was like well you and like the rest of humanity sophie this is what keeps philosophers like awake at night and he got me books on philosophy and like you know if i came to my parents with questions they would just provide stuff for me and and it what I was being told at school is that these girls did not have that. They, their oh. parents did not provide opportunities for learning for them. And, and then, then what really got to me was that, and you can't even have an opinion about that. If you say anything, you're, you're racist. Like, oh, they told you that. Who, yeah. to, who told you that? girls at school and and it was just the, the general feat like even now like i was nervous to come onto this podcast because i'm so scared that somebody's going to take something you know i want to like give massive big qualifications i obviously know that anti-muslim bigotry completely exists i watched it with my own eyes i had white friends that would call people packies i've never used that word as a kid i never use it now um but i'm like terrified of the racism that somebody's going to take but, what I say and say I'm attack, you know, but, attacking Muslims. Yeah. Did you did so, you say anything when you were in school to anybody about your opinions? No. Mm. Um. No, and I didn't even tell my parents. Why? So, I Sophia, knew. I, I just I, knew. I knew that I couldn't because I don't. I don't know. I, that's how it. I knew. And what I year was this? Know. This how many years ago was this? Um. It will have been 1993. So even then, the, the, the uh, atmosphere of fear was there for people not to be able to talk. And now it's worse. Mm-hmm. Right? So yeah. we have created a situation in the UK right now where people have opinions and they just are talking about it because they're afraid of the consequences. I know lots of um, white British women who have really strong opinions about the hijab and about the hijab being, you know, in primary schools and you, like, but they will not, I know they wouldn't ever talk about it publicly because just because of the fear of, even though the, the result of that is to me, the reason that I, 
I'm refusing to be silenced, although I haven't been posting on my Facebook. I got I took a lot of flack, which I know you want to come into talking about this. My experience as a British person with Islam is so different. And if, if, as soon as if I say anything about Islam here, it's just like Trump, Muslim ban. You agree with that? It's like, no, nah, like that's so far from the position that I hold. Yeah. So I've been self-censoring. But, but the reason that I definitely want to speak out is because the people that that really end up suffering are little muslim girls and muslims in general i mean the mm. this is to me just such obvious oppression like if as you said i i you know when i moved to america suddenly like if i got pregnant here i i, I don't know if i'd be able to get an abortion like that is shocking to me like i can't but that's not the reality i grew up with that's like what i'm dealing with now what i grew up with was what islam was doing to muslims to I, me would you I, be able I didn't see people would you get any into legal trouble if you, if you... I would have been worried about school, yeah. I mean, we're at a point now which, I mean, and maybe this is right, but when in my training for teaching guitar, I, I wasn't, I was told I'm not allowed to touch a kid. I'd have it, to move their finger on the neck or I have to say, is it okay if I touch your, you know, hands? Can I, can I move your finger? I mean, goodness, well, they would have, if they'd said no, it would have been like, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but if you but, said but something, it, it so sounds like, like uh, just a second, if you yeah. said, if you said anything against Muslim Islam, for example, is there in, you know, would you get into any legal trouble? In England, mm. I would have been scared of that. Yeah. So okay, and and you think and you think and you think the government is basically um, by doing this, the government is encouraging oppression of Muslim kids by doing so. I think I think okay. so. If we're at a point where nobody can speak out about this, right. then um, okay, or just to, if you do, and this is, I guess. Sorry, Ali. In, ans in answer to your question, like, what should we do do about homophobia and is Islamophobia? So I've the one thing I don't know, but I think we should take the narrative back. Why can't people like me talk about it? Like, but I, I've always felt like, and I almost in my email to Ali when we started talking about me coming on this show, I was like, I don't know if I should even say anything. I'm I'm worried about, um, you know, a white woman talking about this, you know, and like this cultural sensitivity, but I, I just have to try and keep reminding myself that this, this isn't about culture. This is about a set of ideas that mm. I can see and know from my own experience is massively impacting That's... the lives of people around me. And especially yeah. when I was growing up and that is reality, even if I'd never said about, it, and I've, I've certainly started talking about it a lot more now. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I definitely, the fear of just being, you know, people lose their careers and mm. people lose friends. I mean, I've already lost friends here or I think been totally misrepresented and, and I had to do a lot of work with people to get them to understand that I am not, I, this isn't about racism. This isn't about not liking brown people. This is about actually me saying, be caring about brown people as much as I care about white people yeah. if we yes. can say like religion is doing terrible things in America preventing stem cell research stopping women get access to abortions and, and that why can't I say and in England because this is what I've experienced Islam is stopping kids learning in some in some you know the 
extreme situations it is stopping kids learning. and these protests are out this side this school all it's doing is just stopping kids learning over a non-issue over a misunderstanding and and that so people like Katie Hopkins and Shaquille Afsar are, are, are like in the news and somebody like Jimmy Bangash, who I think would have a really good, interesting perspective on this. You know, he's, he's not out there, but they will report if he takes an Allah is gay sign somewhere. They'll report about that, you know. But and I just feel like people aren't, the left aren't interested in listening to what I've got to say about this. Or I, I, I want to point out... Like, what change. Yeah. So what I'm hearing from you um, is compassion for Muslim girls or girls raised in Muslim families. If you didn't care about them, you wouldn't have to say anything. All yeah. you have to do is just say, I've got my guitar. I'm doing my thing. I'm going to pursue my career. I'm going to go to college. Go off and get arranged, arranged yeah. marriage. That's your culture. Uh, whatever. Do your own thing. That's what the regressive leftists do. They don't care. They don't like if I if I go around and I put my wife and daughter in head to toe burkas and I walk around the streets of Toronto, the sort of super super like uh, pseudo liberal types are gonna walk around. They'll be like, hey, listen, that's his culture. We gotta respect it. They like that. They chose that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, if there's a white guy, right, with ginger hair and ginger beard and freckles who walks around doing the same thing with his white daughter and all covered up they will lose their shit because mm -hmm. there's a different standard there's the, yeah. the and that is what the bigotry is so what you're doing you have compassion and you have empathy well that's what i definitely logical consistency if i don't take this shit off white religions why do i have to take it off a of brown religion i don't right. I, like it, it's and, just and all bullshit like across the board i don't think religion should have any should be made any concessions to it should not be part of public policy it should not be part of education and Islam doesn't get a pass. Why does yeah. Islam get a pass? So, so, uh, so you've got Katie Hopkins, you know, kind of allying with these guys and having photo ops with the Muslim protesters against LGBT. You've got Doug Ford here in Ontario, you know, implementing the same kind of sex ed curriculum changes that all of the sort of this homophobic, uh, Islamic, conservative parents wanted for the kids. And, you know, you have these alliances happening. And whenever you talk about things, you get blamed Trump, Muslim ban, all of this. How how much has, you know, you trying to speak out as a white liberal atheist against all religions, including Islam, how much has that been impacted by the rise of this sort of um, right wing uh, thing, like especially in terms of liberals taking you seriously? Yeah, well, I it definitely, you know, it's. It's it hasn't it hasn't helped. You know, I I don't want to be associated with white with right wing people, but they are dominating the narrative about this because the left just won't even touch it. And I I seem to spend all my time if I ever talk about this, distant just trying to distance myself the, the whole time. And I feel like it's like a not it, it's to do with other people not, not really understanding the complexity of this issue and what is actually even going on on here that um that this weird unholy alliance between the liberal left and the brown right like it's so logically inconsistent to me and so obvious to me that i, I find it hard to even understand that people 
don't understand that. They can't but, see but, what's going but, on. Uh, Do you it, like isn't the that are... the good side effect of whole, this whole mess is that now maybe we could win some of the liberals back? I mean, a lot of them are on our side already, but we could win. I mean, a lot of people are having a we told you so dance right now with, you know, with do, going to the... Uh, the left, you know, to, to a lot of people on the left, and people and a lot of people on the left are realizing that you know this is okay. This is what Islam is, I guess. Yeah, they right. they have to. Fa I I agree that, like I said before, I'm kind of glad that this is all happening because this these people that are claiming claiming to be feminists and then supporting the hijab and claiming to be pro LGBT but saying but it's fine for there to be <laughs> Islamic homophobia. Right. You know they their logical insight they must be confronted with it because and as well i have to hope that my fellow liberals that when they are confronted with it will kind of see sense i think a lot of this is because they haven't gone far enough into the issue mm. to even realize really what's happening mm -hmm. and I, I hope that with more light being shone on this issue and more people being forced to think about it and really forced to address this that hopefully some more liberals will come are come you, back, you know. I, are so, you optimistic? So, are you both of you? Are you optimistic about the future of UK or pessimistic? I don't know. That's, that's a hard question. Okay. I'm both. <laughs> so I have. I feel like it could go either way. Okay. I do. Yeah, I actually. That's it, Armin. You took the words right out of my mouth. That's mm -hmm. what I was trying to trying to say. Mm -hmm. and like 1993, when you were in school and you couldn't say these things, right? Uh, today we're talking about it on a. You're talking about it yeah. on a podcast to. Like an ex-Muslim Iranian and an ex-Muslim Pakistani guy who grew up in Saudi Arabia, um, you know, there is a, a the Rotherham scandal that was going on for years, thousands of girls, unsaid, unspoken of, even though people in law enforcement knew about it. Now this mass sexual abuse of women um, mm -hmm. and of of girls, of young girls, and and now it has become the news. You know, the the courts have acted on this yeah, on yeah. so they have come out and they've said you know okay we're going to put an exclusion zone these people these parents are harassing them um this conversation is happening and, and i gotta tell you like privately a lot of leftists i know they say exactly what you do like they, they said mm -hmm. i have why said privately though why privately that's what i'm trying to get at. we're still working to get to shelve this whole fear yeah. thing that's like and, and she just mentioned dominating. it sophia yeah. just mentioned it she just yeah. talked about how she was afraid to talk about this and even nervous coming on the podcast because and this is There's a safety reason. in numbers though all of well that that is actually why i found you yeah, guys sure. um was just after i moved to america and i can't remember what came up it was before the muslim ban but i talked to somebody here a liberal friend of mine very liberal guy i mentioned ian and uh and like you know she's a hero of mine and um and i said she speaks out about islam and then he went and checked her out and wrote, text me back. I checked out that woman. She's a bigot. I was like, what? What? Like, how, how did you get that? Like, what? And then I find out the only people that will, like, play Ian here is bloody Fox News. So she's associated, she's associated with a lot of right-wing stuff here. And then I said to him, have you read her book? Because, you know, I've read Infidel. Was that the first one? The first yeah, one. Infidel, um, yeah. And, um, you know, it blew me away. And I just was... I read it cover to cover, like in like two sittings. I loved it, and I, I said, "Can I buy you her? I don't think you'd think she was a bigot if I bought you her autobiography. Can I? Can I send you this?" He was like, "No, I wouldn't read it." Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a. I, I started like really thinking, like, "Oh my god, 
am I am the, I on the, the wrong side is... of the fence here? No. Am I like this guy? I, I agree with everything. Like, and then I did a Google. I I was like somebody else must be talking about this, hmm. and I found your podcast. Oh that, really? Like, I found the podcast because of because I. I, w I came to the internet to tr try and be like, this is more than just a feeling that I have. There must be other people. And I want, I wanted to find also, you know, brown people talking. I, I mean, I've been, you know, the Four Horsemen and, um, and Sam Harris. And, but like, I didn't think that would be good enough for my friend. He would just be like, well, it's more white people talking about brown religion, you know. And so to find you guys and find Yasmin and Faisal and, and li like, I listened to that first episode was like thank uh, finally like oh you were like, about to say thank god <laughs> i was i tried yeah, no, okay you can thank god but ali uh, ali is so looking ali you're looking very brown today so that's good yeah, yeah but, then, I, but honestly, I was gonna i sorry i wanted to say that this is armin you know you're saying that you know why can't we say it we talked about this when with sam uh sam harris also when he was on the podcast you know we have an element of brown privilege here yeah, in this particular it's area, fair. it's a weird I think little oasis bullshit. of brown privilege where um, we can say these things. And I remember uh, telling Sam, I, I said, look, you know, one thing I can do is what about this approach of me relating to people who are Muslim, saying I grew up that way, too. We have an identity together. Now let's lock down the identity connection. Now let's talk about ideas and mm -hmm. so disarm them that way. And he correctly said, he said, that's not scalable because you can do that. And I, I can't do that. And um, that's bullshit. And, no, but it's it's I not. Mean, that's your brown privilege speaking. It's it, it is really, really <laughs> <laughs> it is your brown privilege. Like we don't. It's really really hard, right? right to yeah. do that for someone who is white. And I have people who have come out to me all the time, and I mean this like privately. Even the most lefty liberals, they'll say, oh, "Okay, even Obama. Okay, he did an interview with Jeffrey Goldberg right when he was about to leave office, and he said something like." Um, he suggested that, you know, the Islam needs a sort of a kind of reformation process like the Christianity went through. And then he also said that, you know, we're, I'm seeing in Indonesia and he's, he grew up in Indonesia, partly. Uh, he said that I grew up in Indonesia and now I'm seeing that um, there are uh, all these, uh, there, there are, there's increasing fundamentalism there because more and more women are wearing the hijab. So people got really upset. They're like, oh, just because people are wearing hijab, you mean it's becoming fundamentalist? So he kind of gave it away a little bit that he does think that when mm -hmm. people wear hijab, that's I, a more fundamentalist I just, thing. Can I say uh, something? Yeah. I, just, okay. I just think it's so bizarre that the group of people that used to be for civil rights and used to be that started movements that wanted to convince people that, peop that skin color doesn't matter yes <laughs> are now the same now those are the group of people that are most obsessed with people's skin color yeah, yeah. it's like socialists are always obsessed with money you know it is yeah. mad it's it's madness to me that like i don't want to uh go down the like why why are we trying to find ways to separate everyone more? Like, wasn't the whole point that like we're just a human race and that we should have universal standards that apply to everyone? Right. The last people I thought that would be saying, no, we need special cases for certain people of certain skin colors was the left. I, what? That's, to me... That, I mean, the yes. fact that it you had to come so and far. check us because we, you, because you were looking for people that are saying the same yeah. things, but no... Because they're not. not I mean, right. I mean the. Fa I mean, That's it's a silly. It, 
No, but a lot of people are doing it. I mean, we're a podcast. It's just audio. For most people that check our content, it's just audio. Like, what? It's just the content that matters. Nothing else should matter. No, but, but a lot of people do that. Maybe more uh, into who is saying it. Like they would never. I mean, and God knows, I am not a Trump supporter by any way. But if he did something good, if he actually did something that I agreed with, I, I wouldn't have a problem agreeing with him just because it's Trump. He's he's perfectly capable of doing good as well as it. But it's like there's a thing on the you know the left that no that won't ever even say he could do anything good because it's yeah. him. The and black that, and like, white thinking. It should not be about the person saying it. You should be judging the idea on the mm. the merit of the idea. It should be able to stand alone as a concept. It can't be okay if this person says it and not okay if this person says it. Exactly. That's bullshit. It right. is. Like, yeah, there's a change meaning depending on who's saying it. Exactly. That, okay, so like, like I. Nope. Yeah, I absolutely despise Trump, and I think most people know that. But I did write an article praising his speech that he did in Saudi Arabia a couple of years ago. So I wrote it for HuffPost, and I was like, you know, what Trump got right about his uh, in Saudi Arabia. Mm. And I praised it, and I got so much flack, even though I am constantly, I always write against Trump, but uh, well, I just wrote the, one thing. The that... tribalism of the left is really, really strong. They will turn on you, like, and... I mean, that's the other thing, you know, for me, being worried about speaking about this is like, I don't feel like my my side, I'm a lefty, basically, has any, that they would turn on me in a, that's why I never said anything at school, I, I would be just be, they will turn on you and then they get vicious and tribal and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying the right doesn't do that as well. Yeah, I was going to say that. They will do, they will, they're obviously the right does that, but they will willfully misrepresent my ideas to, to put me instead of like trying to like retain me for the liberal side they just want to dismiss me and throw me away to the right Why yeah would, and the right is like sh- give us give, the yeah, right is yeah. like so happy like okay give us more recruits this is great mm-hmm. like every time like especially the new the generation z people when they when they are like hey i have some questions about this well, I'm scared about it. Like, oh no, you're racist. Or like, you belong to that tribe. So they're gonna. What do you think they're gonna do? They're gonna be like, okay, let me go yeah. see, find the tribe that they're telling me yeah. that I belong to. They, but yeah. but but just to be fair though, the right also is extremely tribal. The reason why we notice the tribalism on the left more is because I think we. Uh, I don't I'm know. in the left. I yeah, we're kind of. I don't even really know what shit the right are doing right. to each other i mean if know? we if we tra- if we were tra- part of the rights and that we so- spoke out of line i you would get the same level of hostility i don't know depending mm-hmm. where which which group you are in right but we don't notice it because we're getting pushed out of the left or liberals depending on different definitions and we're noticing how tribal they are but many groups are this tribal like christians are tribal muslims are tribal hindus are tribal the right is tribal, the left is tribal. Hell, I mean, atheists can be tribal. There's yes, n- nothing yes. stopping. Yeah, yeah you know. atheists are. I mean, we know that. We, yeah, they're tribal. Minute, and yeah. the, way, the way you could discourage tribalism is by constantly discussing your disagreements with each other. Yes. And uh, like like I am, I don't... She's still my hero, but there's a lot, some things I now disagree... I found out of it, you know done more reading and stuff that i disagree with her on right. i'm not giving her up i'm not saying yeah. right that's it i found one thing i disagree with iron hersey alley about therefore she is no longer my hero her life story her incredible work is right. all reduced to nothing because i disagree with her on one thing or since many when did even. that become
become a thing right. that we do. That, no, you know, I mean, I'm anti. My, one of my, my one of my main things is anti-reform, right? And I and her see uh, uh, Ali's really? book. Really, I, I mean, are you against the reform movement? <laughs> 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 okay, fine, I'll take that. Sorry, sorry. But, but that's Ian's main thing, right? Like recently, her book, the Heretic book, that was her main thing, right? And I'm very much against her latest book. I like her earlier books much better, but she's still my hero, and I love every everything she uh, the other thing she does, like anti, you know, like she's still a hero to me, even though I'm very much against her reform position. But mm -hmm. you, you yeah. could have those. You could be against some pe people's position and and for some others at the same time. But if you're very tribal, no. If you step out of line, then you're out. Well, it also yeah. loses you elections because, you know, we're talking about uh, the political aspect of it. It loses you elections. I mean, Joe Biden recently went to uh, a dinner for, I think, Republicans. I don't know if it was Republicans or not, but he was talking about Republicans and he was saying that, you know, uh, Republicans are better than than Trump. And once Trump is out of the way, then I think that I can work with Republicans because they know better. Right. That's all he said. And who he said is that? Being, huh? Joe who said, Biden. Oh, Joe, Joe Biden. Biden said okay, that, okay. and he is being absolutely slammed by uh, by Twitter left, which is only about twenty nine percent of all Democrats, fortunately. But right. any in any case, he's he's being absolutely lambasted for it. So that's uh. Well, yeah. That this that you know you're either in this camp or you're in this camp, and there is no middle ground. Mm. Well, it's just a lie because I think there are a lot of people on that middle ground. We just d d d don't really have. Uh, yeah. And they, they all talk about it privately. Yeah. Right. They all come to. I mean, they come. There's people who've told me that uh, I actually was with Armin. With Armin and I did an event in Toronto, and then after that, there was this guy who came up to us. I mean, I remember at least he talked to me and he said that um, I, you know, I I like the stuff you do. White guy. He's like, I like the stuff you do, but I can't post about it because I don't want to lose my job. I don't want. To. And that's what the problem is. That's our yeah. brown privilege thing because it's not just a matter of being shit on by your friends or being called a bigot by your family or racist it's also about these people if they say something and they they retweet or repost an article something that i wrote or that armin uh put up that has to do with that's critical of islam i can get away with that in my work because it'll yeah. be like you know he's from the community but if that guy agrees with me and he posts it then um he could his co-workers could be like i don't want to work with this guy anymore you no, know, so I totally hijack your brown privilege to legitimize my views. I say, <laughs> I here's tell an Ali Rizvi article from HuffPost. See, it's not just me. Like, a brown person said this, so you can't yeah, just I, say that, like, I shouldn't be no. talking yeah, yeah. about that. Oh, no. I encourage that. I say at the same talk, and I say it everywhere. I tell people, when, because almost inevitably, some sort of white liberal, like, I, I just I like discourage squishy, it. lefty. I, I used to be like a hold, hold on one sorry. second. I used to be a squishy lefty sort of regressive type, uh, and then you know I read your book or I heard your podcast or whatever, and now you know I I, I get it, right? But um, I I don't know how to support. How do I support? How do I do this as a white man? How do I do this as a white woman? <sighs> no. And I tell them openly. I'm like, just do us, it. Refer to us. Go around and say, hey, listen, no. this guy's my friend. I'll tell them that I sh grew up showering with you. It doesn't matter. You know, okay, can I can I respond to this? I tell them no. Don't use me. 
tell them that this is my opinion and if you need my skin to be brown for you to listen to me then you're a fucking racist all right yeah they'll like tell them that tell them that tell yep. them that if you actually maybe maybe refer them to ali and then if they agreeing then call them out on the race yeah, level but like hey i when i was shows. i was saying the same thing and you didn't listen to me now a brown guy is saying it and you're taking it seriously mm -hmm. you're a fucking racist just call them out just just, yeah, yeah, because sure. yeah, that's what it called. is. It's racism. If right. it's not okay for me to say it, but it's okay for you to say it, then yeah. we're that's racism. That's right. I mean, how it? is it not? How is that not racism? How yeah. is that not racism? It is. Yeah. Anyway, but, but so I, I wanted to. But can I? Can I? Can I just mention like uh, why I am optimistic? Like I complain a lot and I shout a lot, but I'm actually optimistic, and I want to see what Sophia thinks about this because. What I'm, what I look at to see that this is this whole woke cult thing, I think it's a temporary thing. Um, I think traditionally, I have more problems with the right socially, not economically. More problems with the right than I have with the left. I think that these problems with the left is new and will die. Um, the reason why I'm hopeful is because I look at the, at least in the United States, the United States have went through something very similar to the woke cult, um, during the Red Scare. Um, and it was actually way worse than this. Like, if you look at people now being accused of being racist or Nazis or white supremacists, people used to be accused of being communists left and right just because they attended this meeting at some point or is a picture of them with somebody or they just shook a hand of something like you just or they just said something in favor of unions at some point all of a sudden they're communists right so people were getting left like uh communist accusations all the time they were losing their job the government was even involved the fbi was investigating people um, and also the threat of communism was exact, like just like the, f the threat of white supremacy in the West is being exaggerated, even though it's there, but it's like being exaggerated of how big of a problem that is. The threat of communism back then was uh, being exaggerated. Like now that historians look at it, the Soviet Union was never in a position to destroy uh, United States at that point. But people were thinking that it could happen any day. Any. And another similarity between the Red Scare and what's happening right now is that uh, the, the actual spies, the communist spies, benefited from the Red Scare because their accusations were spreading so much that it was really easy to get a, get under the radar and not get n noticed. So, mm. like, white, just like the over accusations of racism and white supremacy is actually benefiting the uh, white supremacists right now because now if you accuse somebody of white supremacy, you're like, well, everybody is a white supremacist these days. And that was actually mm -hmm. a lot worse because now we have people getting kicked off social media. Or being deplatformed, we had people going to court back then because of these accusations. So, and now we look. It was a short thing. It happened. We looked back at it. We were like, we we know like that was ridiculous. And the United States came from that stronger than you know. Everybody can tell that's ridiculous. So I'm thinking like this is not something that will last. I think uh, this whole woke movement. What do you think? Well, it almost it, it's it's like going to implode itself isn't it because it it's kind of it, it's going to eat itself sort of thing um <laughs> yeah uh and yes i i think it's unsustainable because when genuinely tolerant people vent come into contact with genuinely intolerant people that that we've reached an impasse where you can't just kind of br brush over it but yeah i mean nobody's going to 
uh, to court about, uh, well, or not maybe, yet. you know, <laughs> not yet, it's not yet. And hopefully there are enough people making enough noises, people like the, he the random head of a Birmingham school who just said, no, I'm not putting up with this. No, right. you will not tell me what I can teach these kids. I'm not teaching them anything inappropriate and I won't be bullied. And if I've got to hope that like, yeah. as, yeah, it more information and we get more clarity on this issue that people will feel more mm. sure of being able to take a stand like yeah. the, the head and and know that um yeah that this this whole thing is just a descent into madness right. of, um, and i think it's peaked i think uh, i'm hoping that with this is the the worst of it i think that I, we're gonna I, go, go down from now on yeah i i actually agree with both of you i think that this thing with homophobia mm. um with in homophobia in Muslim communities, this is going to be, you know, the, the crux of it. This right. is where, um, you know, people will be able to choose. It'll be the wake up call for, for a lot of liberals. It already is. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a big issue. So I, I think that's what it's, it's a shame that it didn't happen with the other issues with all right. the oppression of women and girls and everything. Like, yeah. she's like that's all okay. FDM is okay. Uh, because it's, their it's because culture. The, the, the fundamentalists are bringing this up. They really hate gays. I right. mean, they hate women, but they can't really. It's half the population, and we've got a lot of rights now. But it, the, they really hate gays, and they've brought that. They it's it's in a way it's brilliant. They've brought this all into their sh opening up the world. Come look at what bigots and homophobes we are. We're going to show you. Right. You know that's what we want we want people to see that and be like i want nothing to do with that right it's not you know muslim people to stand up and say this this guy doesn't speak for us we're fine tell people about some people have two mummies and some people have two daddies that's fine we're still a muslim and we could like yeah. I, so, I feel uh, like he is shi he's shining a light on it and it's gonna backfire i hope yeah there's yeah go on. So, uh, we talked about recruiting from the left this is why what ali said i think it's what one thing we need to take to the right as well right because there are some people the right is not uh, like we have a lot of people on the right that they they just discuss it by anything LGBT, but they have also a lot of people on the right that LGBT doesn't they don't care like it's fine, but they're more concerned about Islam. And I think uh, with the people on the right we that care more about Islam, we could go to them and be like, listen, the L you support LGBT. This is the weapon against Islam. Like we should be like the war against Islam. The front line should be the LGBT. It's the gays. It's the gays. Yeah, we should be. This should be charging with the gays at the front. This is how you win the war against Islam. Yeah, yeah. and again, yeah. I think people like Jimmy Bangash is right. They're going to be at the forefront of. This. I was so moved yeah. by how he spoke on your podcast. So moved. Oh, that he's was amazing. He's really yeah, and he he speaks like that everywhere he goes. That's how he does. He just really yeah, moves like, people. Yeah, and he, you know, I, I'm a. I get emotive and shout and like move. I, I really like that he stayed so like calm all the way through and you know this isn't about a hysterical debate you know this there's an element he kept it real serious you know like I was very very impressed mm -hmm. and I hope that more voices like that that's who we need to hear from yeah. um, and then there, there are some there was like a, a guy from Glasgow I think that went to Birmingham to um, talk about being a gay Muslim and like if what this does is actually exposes also somebody wrote a brilliant thing and it said if they wrote it was on the comments of a Facebook thing about Shaquille and it said that uh, 
something like if you think there's no gays in the Islamic community, you really need to get outside Pulse nightclub at about 4 a.m. on a Saturday night. Like, you know, and I hope that that's true, that there are lots of gay Muslims that are that this protest will actually empower rather than um, mm. Yeah, and especially absolutely. if the way the law comes down behind us says no, we, you know, no, no, no. Uh, I'm hoping, hopefully that will help. I'm hoping we get a lot of gay Muslims to become ex-Muslims. The more they realize how anti, like a lot of a lot of gay Muslims are like maybe I keep my religion and as uh, and be gay at the same time. And the more we we see stuff like this, the more more gay Muslims are like fuck this, I'm out. So yeah, yeah so I'm yeah. hoping more people, more gay gay Muslims that realize how and how you know don't tolerate a religion that is so it, against you, right? It's so against interesting that th this is an issue that people have not. You know, we don't. Oh God, Islamic homophobia. Ah, this is so difficult that the that the left is like just I won't even talk about. We're not even going to. Oh, this doesn't happen. Uh, and then. They've brought this to our doorstep. The they're like, no, no, we really do think this. We really do hate gays, and we don't want you to teach them. And it's like that thing, like yeah, that Sam Harris, that. what jihadists really want. Like, and the left keeps saying, no, 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 you don't want that. No, you don't. That's that's no, 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 no. You just <laughs> deserve imperialism. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the same with the gays. No, no, Muslim homophobia doesn't exist. And eventually, people like this guy are like getting two hundred, and it is mostly men to know. go and stand outside a school. Because they're hysterical about homophobia. Yes. Like uh, homophobia this is only great exists in Muslim communities. Because they're exposing themselves. They're exposing yeah. themselves. Yeah. Only exists in Muslim communities because of U.S. foreign policy. We just want to know yeah. because like all of that bombing of Muslim countries, all that did was yeah. make, make them hate gays more. But yeah. so that's yeah. that's why it exists. But Ian, Ian mentioned that I yeah. love Sophia's compassion and uh, compassion and passion on this topic. Yeah, oh, I. I I, I'm actually, I've, I've been trying not to um, like get too emotive no, and be. You should. No, when you should. You're you're amazing, actually. When when Jimmy came and he spoke about it, I mean, I'm getting the same kind of thing um, from like you know when you really really articulate and when you say what you want out of passion. I mean, it, it's very very powerful. No, no. Don't, uh, well, thank don't, thank don't... you for giving me this opportunity because I've literally never spoke about this in a public in a way like this before. I love it I've because it feels like it's like all this. coming out now. Yeah. I love yeah. that. You should have Sorry, your own listen. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, I so the the next thing I wanted to talk about because you know I mean the time is like whizzing by. I wish yeah. we had more time, but the um, ask you, James question as well at some point. Yeah. Sure. No, no, we will. We're, we're yeah. definitely going to ask all the patron questions. Yeah. So, so you are uh, you know you grew up in this. You went to this Muslim school. You have taught Muslim students. You've lived in Birmingham among among a Muslim community. Um, the UK Muslim community versus the US Muslim community. Now you're in Austin. Austin, it's a very sort of liberal state. Texas mm -hmm. does have a lot of, uh, you know, a, a large Muslim population good as question, well. Um, yeah, I'm coming to it. Good. No, uh, it's a good, good, good thing you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just a little bit of background for everybody. Mm. Yeah, but I think. Um, First of all, do you have uh, Muslim friends or other friends that you may even have made through this podcast uh, growing up? Did you in school? And um, uh, what were those relationships like? And what do you think of the difference between the Muslim communities in the UK and the US? Okay. Uh, so growing up, the school was kind of, you know, the white kids stuck together, the black kids stuck together, the um, Islamic kids stuck together. It kind of, but I did have. I didn't. I didn't really have Muslim friends outside of school. I had lots of Muslim friends in school, um, but I didn't really see 
any of them outside of school. But then most of my outside of school activities were music, were guitar, guitar ensemble and guitar stuff. Um, but I certainly had lots of Muslim friends in school of varying degrees of um, religious, you know, some of them, you know, observant but not really even practicing and then to the the hijabi girls who are like no i'm not even gonna bother doing any work because my family is gonna take me out of school anyway this is just a joke you know i i did know a lot of people i we had um a, a, a dear very dear friend of mine faisal played bass in one of my bands um for a while um and i know that he has faced some like he is one person like i hope he listen. i hope he listens to this um because he knows i'm a fierce atheist and he knows also that i've got no you know i'm not i'm not a racist he, he knows i'm not we're friends you know mm -hmm. um but since being here i don't know if i've met any muslim people but then i play country music uh yeah. in, in honky tonks and dive bars most of the time and so i haven't met i did go to an I went to actually see, um, um, oh, his name's just gone out, um, Mohammed Syed spoke in Austin, and I yeah. went to see him uh, speak, and there was like, considering that everybody I know in this city is a liberal, and they, all my musical friends pretty much, there was like 20 people at that talk, and no, I didn't recognize a single one of them. Um, so I, I don't know particularly in Austin, like how big the, I don't even know where the nearest mosque is mm. to me here. So I don't know. Um, but um, I'm actually friends with Tanya. Uh, Joya. Because uh, she lives in Cali. In, oh, really? Oh, Dallas. Know, well, she, yeah, she yeah. lives north, yeah, north of me. Mm. And, yeah. uh, and uh, the, I made friends with her after hearing her, and I contacted just said, just another Brit in Texas, just, you know, and uh, so she, she, her and my, my, people I've found through your podcast, I have not met people in Austin, um, <laughs> uh, I've not really, but then I don't move in those circles, really, but yeah. uh, in terms of um, the difference, I know that um, people here are, a lot of people here I just don't think have very much experience with um, growing, like I grew up surrounded by Islam and I mean, God, I miss, the thing I miss most about England is Indian food, is like being able to just get good curry, like that's, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Birmingham girl, you know, I come from a, this mixed place and people here I just don't think come from, they're, they're, they're just not exposed to it in the same way hmm. and then from what I, my conversation with Mohammed Syed about it, he says that that there's just much that not it's not as fundamental here. That what you know I was seeing in Birmingham mm. and with cl whole classes of little girls, age seven and eight, all wearing a hijab, and you know that that isn't um, that it's more extreme in England. And I would certainly, well, I'm just not I'm not coming into contact with Islam on a daily basis, but now I'm seeking it out and going on my computer and thinking about it that way but uh i i definitely keep us updated uh, yeah okay. oh, I, I will yeah you should and i'm so glad that you're taking the initiative to do this and here yeah i have to say that there i don't know if this is like a racist thing or a cultural thing but yeah mo uh, so here's i actually really like country music right? so <laughs> Good. I, Good. And the way that i got into it 
I, I, so, so I got, and I am a rarity because I know my wife hates it. I, everybody else around me, all the brown people, they're like, oh, I like everything. First, before it was uh, everything except for rap and country. Now it's like everything except for country. And the thing is, I, when I was in high school, I, I, I was in Riyadh where the first Gulf War happened, 1991. So the U.S. troops came and set it up. And they didn't have any music stations on the radio, right? Saudi Arabia. But they set up a radio station for all the U.S. soldiers. Uh, so they had a... They used to play... It was this one station that used to play all kinds of music all, all the time. So they had... I used to listen to the Headbangers thing, uh, you know, the heavy metal stuff late at night. But throughout the afternoon, they played country music. And I got into a lot of it, like... Ronnie Millsap and like there's just a whole whole bunch of different uh, things like this was back in the 90s. So but that's yeah, people... the reason I play country music is because of my dad and my dad grew up on a German Air Force base or was there during his teenage years and they had American Forces Network Radio. So it's basically the American troops are brainwashing Shit, us all with their American music. That... Colonialism. <laughs> it's colonialism. <laughs> it's like the Arabs spread everything. They use Islam to go in to carry that. The American soldiers are doing it through country music. Holy country shit. music. Yeah. What a right. what a revelation. Patron question. Yeah, but I, I I I was just saying that may be one of the reasons you're not meeting a lot of uh, uh, the, uh, the Muslim community outside of uh, the yeah. thing too. All right, so um, patron questions. All right, so first of all, Ian Foot has a comment. He said, I think the younger side of the right is significantly more accepting of LGBT than the older side. So young conservatives, you're right. Like They've got the yeah. log cabin Republicans. A lot of these sort of young, the Milo Yiannopoulos, you know, everybody was really, uh, a lot of young conservatives, you riled up a lot of them. Um, yeah, trans but, is the new gay rights movement. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they, that battle was lost. Everybody is accepting of gays now. Uh, yeah. So now they are moving to the next frontier. And I, I got to say one thing here. So eventually what happens is that younger conservatives pretty much always accept uh, the changes that the older liberals fought for. Mm -hmm. Somehow it always happens. It happened with women. Uh, it happened mm -hmm. with uh, civil rights. I mean, even though both Democrats, uh, the conservatives and liberals both had issues with it. Well, not conservatives and liberals. Well, but anyway. uh, Democrats and Republicans. And then, you know, now with gay rights, it's, it's, it's much more accepted in the Republican, young com Republicans of future uh, conservative parties around the world. And, uh, but now the trans thing is, is the next one. But yeah, I just have to correct myself because somebody's going to pick up on this and it's really going to hate on me. No, um, not everybody is accepting of gays. I realized that. I was just exaggerating. I'm just saying there's been made a lot of progress on that front. Of course... Uh, homophobia is uh, even in the West uh, is, is still a huge problem. I still we need to fight on that. As uh, there's still we need to yeah, still do I mean, a lot. Did you hear about those two women yes, on the yes, tube? The, uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. But it isn't the fight that it used to be. Yes. I mean, so, well, same with feminism, isn't it? I mean, like I I, I don't know. Feminism's gone a bit crazy. I mean, for me personally, I don't know if how, but it's still. It's, it's from a genuine need. It's still, I am underestimated all the time. People look at me, they don't see a guitar player. They don't. I right. walk into all my gigs and I'm patronized by the sound man about whether or not I'll be able to operate my own bloody equipment. Because, <laughs> you know, there's like a... There's, but am, am I out on the streets fighting, like, you know, for fundamental... Well, actually, they're doing their best, aren't they, with the abortion and everything. But it's, you know, I totally agree that, like, yeah. gay, you know... We, we still have to fight these fights for yep. for um, underrepresented. But I feel like the ex-Muslim mo movement is the next. 
I think that is gonna it has to I, yeah. it has to become, break open and people need to uh-huh. I mean I don't understand well yes because of where I came from but I seem really like hip to this issue and I keep trying to tell everybody else like you don't understand like a, a revolution is coming like I I, I hope I want yeah. I hope so well you yeah, should, I think, we should, in you should the be our spokesperson this is great yeah <laughs> I think <laughs> in the ex-Muslim community especially the um or so the free thinkers from the Muslim world the the, the women and the LGBT um members of this community um, are going to be absolutely forefront, and I think this should be too. I think that's well, going to help a lot. It's a little identity politics, I know, but whatever. But no, as I... you said in a previous podcast that I was just listening to, identity politics comes from truth, doesn't it? It comes from right. that. It's kind of what I'm saying. Like I don't want to go down that route, but like you know, when we're at a point where we know, we know that. If you don't get sunlight on your skin, you will get vitamin D deficiency and you could get rickets. And rickets is actually resurging in England amongst like when it gets to a point where there's like a fundamental like this is infringing on on a human right and a basic need or whatever that's going to inflict suffering. you just got I've got to something's got to be said like it's and that I come from that as not even as an atheist just as a person that supports women's health don't wrap women up so that their skin can't see any sunlight I don't care what the reason is you know but identity, identity politics is not always wrong identity politics is wrong when you ask for p- privileges because of your identity identity politics is not wrong when you're telling or people exceptional that exceptional privilege just one second yeah, yeah. Uh, Identity politics is not wrong when you're telling people that my identity is being targeted. Please protect me. Like if you are a, if you are a Jew under Nazi Germany and you go knock on someone's door and you're like, "Hey, Nazis are trying to kill me. Please hide me. I'm a Jew. Please hide me in your basement." And they say like, "Why are you playing identity politics? I don't well, yeah, care. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. You're a Jew." Who <laughs> like that? Like, of, yeah. of course, it matters at that point that you're a Jew. Okay. So. <laughs> well, and I just pulled the card, didn't I? I'm a right. female guitar player. I've got like my, you know, I, I, we, it all comes from a, yeah, from you know, actual Sophia, truth. The identity politics is all around. It's on both sides. You've got one side screaming about European heritage and Judeo-Christian this and that, and on the other side. They're all. I mean, they're if, they're all obsessed with it. They're if all I'm a, it. If I'm on a helicopter and I'm landing in ISIS territory and uh, and I don't, I have only one spot left, right? And there's two people come to the helicopter. Where I have one spot left, and one of them is a Sunni man, and the other one is a Yazidi woman. I'm going to let the Yazidi woman in, okay? Because she has more. She's more likely to be in danger in ISIS territory than the Sunni man. Okay, I'm going to play the identity politics game in that situation. That's what a terrifying yeah. hypothetical. Hey, helicopter manufacturers, please get your game up. They, yeah, there's a. I, I mean, we need there, more there a lot of things that we settled. A lot of things that were settled ages ago, like you know, equality for women, reproductive rights, all this. Alabama, like you know, the 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 abortion law over there, no exceptions for rape. When you have no exceptions for rape, right? That's how you get Don Jr. and Ivanka. Okay. (laughs) The point is that you you know you have there's all of this stuff we're regressing, going backwards, and all these things that we had settled decades ago are now becoming controversies and debates. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So it's happening everywhere. 
and we should not deny it with that that it's actually happening in the Muslim community as well. James, so question. If we James is question. Call it out everywhere else, yeah. then we should call it out here too. Okay. So uh, next one from Kieran Evans. No, no. James so, had a question before. He said, "What?" Then uh, Kieran Evans is asking. Yes, yes, yes. James yes. is saying, uh, "For Sophia, what should schools and the government do about this issue?" Yeah, uh, that's. I, I don't pretend right to have a, have a particularly good answer for that, but I do think that um, uh, it, I think we should be supporting head teachers and supporting not allowing parents to bully schools into into uh, into anything. Basically, I, I think that the and I'm glad that that it feels like it is going in that direction. I mean, it was interesting that um, that lawyer um, Nazir Afsal would like said he was going to be a, an intermediary and um, that he would like talk between the parents and the school. That I, I know the head has said she doesn't want. Um, a big town hall type meeting with all that, like an angry mob and her having to defend us, she'll deal with them one-on-one. -on -one. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if there, there is an easy solution, but I feel like we should be supporting the school. I mean, allow them to protest, that, that's fine, but we, we should like double down on no. This is the, the, the national curriculum is the national curriculum and it's part of the curriculum that we teach equality mm. and that's all that's being taught here. I think I think there should be a clarification about the issue about get the the information out that this was never about teaching kids about gay sex because that has been propagated as, and that is a lie. There is no school in Birmingham teaching children about gay sex. They're teaching them about equality and I think the government and the school should double down on on sticking to equal that's what we're teaching is equality uh, and um I think that that uh, the other things that people on the left should start talking about it, that's what I think is mm. that we should not only allow the voices that come out of this to be people like Katie Hopkins, not people who are liberal people need to talk about this too and to put their money where they're at and stop being afraid, like, like you know, mm. being afraid of the smear. Yeah, and if we allow people like Katie said Hopkins... Said done, I know. <laughs> yeah, if we, if we allow people like Katie Hopkins, who's like... A genuinely an anti-Muslim bigot, if we allow her to take charge of this conversation, yeah. and then, you know, but I mean, luckily she's on the other side now. Thank God. The second time we're thanking God in this podcast tonight. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, if we've allowed them to take the narrative, there's a void that we've left. If we don't address this, if liberals and lefties don't address this from a position of, um, you know, moral it's some, some yes from a position of morality and a, a way of and responsibly then there's going to be a void where these sort of ill-meaning characters in the far right are they're going to address it through xenophobia and bigotry that's how it's going to happen mm -hmm. it's inevitable yeah um the, the question from uh the next question is actually very interesting because i have an opinion on that but i'm going to wait for sophia to answer it first yeah kieran evans yes yeah, so Sophia, did you see the guy outside the school that said that women were divinely created for men's pleasure? I remember that clip. Um, any thoughts? So just background. Yes, there was a clip. Uh, they got some of these protesters, these Muslim parents outside these this primary school protesting the LGBT education, whatever. And uh, one of the guys said that, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. It's like women are created by Allah for men's pleasure. And that's exactly what he said. Um, 
I feel like this is going to be a short answer, but any thoughts on that? I mean, I have I haven't seen that, but I mean, that's talking about the oversexualization of children, and then somebody says that, like, mm. what? I just like, where do you even go from there? You know, uh, like that's a it's a women's rights nightmare. What you know? How and how how can and and did anybody pick him up on it? And and like that? that I mean, that's just such a well, no agency, no nothing. We're we're just here to pleasure to pleasure men. I, I mean, I I don't even know. What, that's such a crazy attitude. Like, and yeah. and, and where where are my feminist sisters going? What you can't say that? You can't say that. I don't care if you're brown. You can't say that. Well, like, to be to be fair, that got. Is... I can challenge you if you say it. Not that you you can say what you like, but you know what I mean. Okay, I have an opinion on this because to be fair, that got a, a lot of reactions. A lot of it like did. that video got uh, a lot of people were pissed that this man is saying that. Uh, that woman for me, it's very strange that that got a huge reaction because that's in the Quran. I mean, <laughs> I, that's in the Quran. I I don't understand why. Like that, that book, the Quran is being printed and every, no, if I say like, Hey, the Quran says that men, women are made for men's pleasure for like fields to be able to spread their season. That's a whole, and men, the Quran says that men have uh, authority over women and they can beat them. N not that they can beat them, that they should beat them should. when they're, when they're not, when they are disobedient, when you fear disobedience. Like, but this guy is, what he's saying is nothing compared to the Quran. So why is there so much outrage over what this guy, this Muslim guy said in the street? And not, nothing over a book that is circulated all over the United Kingdom and people mm -hmm. are teaching it in mosques and people are reading it. No outrage over that at all? Because deep inside, they all know it's bullshit. Deep inside, I'm telling you. There's over but here also, too. I feel I feel like I either they so. they know it's bullshit and they're avoiding it, or they genuinely don't actually know. Like you've no, said, no, a lot they, of people they don't, don't know. actually know what's in there. No, I'll tell you why I think that deep inside they don't even know this themselves, but they know it's bullshit. And here's here's why I think that because the, you have the same thing that happens over here with the Christian Who, fundamentalists. The you know, they know they don't. I don't think they think it's bullshit. No, no, no. Well, a lot of Muslims know, but here's the thing. The, even with the Christians over here, you know, some guy will come out and say that, uh, you know, homosexuality is a sin and, you know, gay marriage should not be allowed. Like Mike Pence. And everybody mm -hmm. comes out and they say, can you believe he said this? He said, or they'll come out and they say, well, according to the Bible, it's supposed to be between a man and a woman and homosexuality is a sin. Everyone's going to, it'll be the headlines. This is what he said. He's quoting the Bible to justify his homophobia. But they're right. It does say that in the Bible. Right. They know it. So why aren't they calling it out in the Bible? Why are they calling out when some guy just quotes the Bible verbatim, right? Mm. Or in this case, quotes the Quran virtually verbatim. Why are they calling that out? It's because deep inside, they know that they can't attack the book. They know that the book is just as bullshit as the guy, but they're going to attack the guy because he's an easy target. They, they're not going to attack the book because that's not proper. But it's they know it's bullshit. Mm. Like they They... At some level, they could justify, they can do mental no, but gymnastics. It doesn't matter if they think it's bullshit. The fact that who, are you talking about the the leftists that they know it's bullshit? No, both sides, man. Everybody does this. I don't they care say what they, I, this is what I, I don't, it doesn't matter if they know it's bullshit or not. They're tolerating the, a book that they would not tolerate if just a yeah, random if person in the street said it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly the paper now. You can't, you, you, like, you can't say that, that. Oh my god! And then it's just in. Yeah, I mean, these books are full of absolutely the, the worst. Like, never mind. There's a guide to morality. Like, gee, the, the stuff that's in these books is just about the worst advice you could but have slaves. Right. Like, so, broken, I don't know. Islam. It's just, ter- just terrible. The Quran and the Hadith would not be able to survive one percent of the left's cancel culture on deplatforming and censorship you know the censorship that they want islam none of the quran and the hadith even if you do one percent of what the left wants the islam would not survive that like you islam would be the standards that a lot of people on the left have will Mm -hmm. make is will ban islam you would have to ban islam as soon as you pass a law on hate speech, well, the first things that absolutely have to go is the Bible and the Quran and the Torah. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Surely, like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, full so of it. Yeah. It's like, like I saw this that meme. Out. Dead weight. Like, yeah, goodbye. Right. There's there this meme about, like, uh, someone's asking God, hey, God, why didn't you put don't rape in the Ten Commandments? Mm. And God's like, well, I only had ten spots. And he's like, well, three of the commandments are literally about you. They're <laughs> <laughs> just about, like, worshipping By the way, Jan, in the live set, uh, she's saying people don't know what's in the Quran. And then she corrected herself, saying, I mean, non-Muslims, I, say, I see. Actually, Jan, no, your first comment was correct. Muslims even don't know what's in the Quran. Well, M- isn't that what, like, Sarah Hader said? Like, the, and what? a lot of atheists I hear on your show, they start off saying it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. My religion doesn't. And then the more they look into it, they're like, oh, bloody hell. It totally <laughs> it does, says it that and worse. Yeah. And then left with no, yeah. you know, the more. But it's just like the more you shine a light on something. And that's, you know, I hope that that is this is happening with this crazy situation at this school. That the more you shine a light on something, the harder it becomes to, like, keep the bullshit up the further you scrutinize it. So let's right. scrutinize it. Let's yeah. do one last question so, from James, right, Ali? There's, uh, yeah, there, there's, there's two more. I think there's one from Jan. Okay, well, I don't know. No, she's okay. So James is saying, uh, "What are your thoughts on the current state of the Labour Party in the UK?" Me, um, I, I definitely am not a fan of Corbyn, and uh, I feel like he's not been, he's not real. I don't know. I, I um, I. I guess I've become a little um, uh, because of living because I live here now. Um, uh, although I have just finally, finally got my paperwork so I can now post or vote in the UK. Um, uh, but I definitely feel like I can't really get behind Corbyn, and I'm from a Labour voting household, you know, my whole life. But I, I read something, and I don't know whether it's scaremongering about him, about like women only carriages in trains and it made me nearly lose my mind at the idea that somebody floated an idea in the labor party of like a regressive idea i i i hope i'm not um saying anything uh but somebody in the labor party floated an idea about there being women only carriages on trains so that women could you know get some peace and not be sexually harassed and to me, I was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? Stop the people doing the sexual harassing. Like, don't Wait, put me in a... very Islamic of them. 
kind of, uh, but that kind of, and then I read. Some I think stuff. everybody's becoming Islamic. <laughs> Katie Hopkins and Jeremy yeah, Corbyn. Yeah. It's just Islam. It's working. Whatever the hell they're doing, everyone's. All of these guys are concerned that Islam will become the because they're taking over. It's taking. It is taking over. <laughs> it's taking over Katie Hopkins. It's taking yeah. over these the Labour Party I, that wants to segregate women on trains. Jihad to have got Katie Hopkins is really stealthy. We've got to this like is, give it to the jihadists there. It is. Guys, it is stealthy. This is not a. This is seriously not a joke. I listen to I listen to a lot of ethno nationalist content just to see what they're what they are. They are falling in love with Islam. They love their family values. They love how you know they back each other up. Well, yeah. It is a better alliance. The alliance with the left is just so <laughs> incongruous and wrong. Like yeah, they probably they should all get into bed together. It's just right. It's all that like you said. It's just all right wing. It's the same right, right wing stuff that like oppresses women and you know it right let, let them i hope they do that they, makes more sense to me they, they, left they alone. have you know they the what and, and they also have the same kind of terminology for things that they don't like like for what what muslims call haram the the alt-right calls the degenerate right the things that they do the things that they don't like is also very similar but historically even though they're uh, alt-right the the conservative right and Islam has a lot of similarity. Historically, it's always been the left that has been allied with them. Like, if you even look at, for example, in Iran, no, during the Islamic Revolution... There, sorry. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Yeah, we're no, here. Sorry, so yeah, I, you got cut sorry, off a, a call came through on my phone, it cut, but we're back. Yeah. But like, if yeah. you look in Iran and in Iraq, in pa I recently went to Palestine. They had communist signs everywhere. In Iran, for example... Uh, the 1979 Islamic Revolution was done with by the unity between the uh, Islam, uh, the Islamic, you know, radicals and the communists. Um, the MEK is a terrorist organization, terrorist cult that is a mix of Islam and communism. Like uh, in Iraq, also a lot of you know, I don't understand what is this, what is this, uh, why is why is two ideologies that have nothing to do with each other always end up uniting. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, it's so weird. It's, yeah, it's okay. amazing. So, uh, last question. Sorry, guys. I mean, this has been. I feel like he gave a rubbish answer about the Labour Party. I don't really know. Is my I, I'm just. I know I'm not mad keen on Corbyn, and I don't know what I'd be doing. No, I, 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 I thought it was right a very now. good answer. No, no, it's good when you tell people that. Um, I think a lot of people try to answer things that they don't know about. But if you just like, this is all I know, and this is all I could judge by. I think those are the most honest answers, and I think uh, they are the best. You know, people are not people are not uh, courageous enough to tell people like, "Hey, this is all I know about this." They always think like they have to act like they're knowledgeable about something. But you, you don't do that. that. And I think that's the best position to have. That was the, the first thing, the book, the philosophy book that my dad gave me when I started. The, on the cover was written, wisest is she who knows she does not know. And like, like when you don't know, the best thing is not to just make up a load of bullshit. Right. To go and find out, learn more, ask R questions. And exactly. I definitely kind of, that's like a yeah a guiding principle for me. Yeah, I don't takes... know about it. I'm not going to lie. Good. Yeah, I'd rather have no answer than a bad answer. Same as like religion. I'd rather have I don't know. I've got no, I haven't got anything in place of it, but I just know that that's nonsense. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So um, Jan is asking Jan Skelton, how did the Muslim girls? Hey, Jan, she's my Facebook friend. It's um, uh, really. Oh yeah, mine too. Yeah. Oh wait, yeah. what about me? No, I'm jealous. <laughs> well, you're my friend, so you probably probably okay. are. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, so she's saying. 
How did the Muslim girls who knew they would have an arranged marriage to their cousin in Pakistan feel about that? Did they express any rebellious thoughts or did they just accept their fate? There was a lot of accept. There was a, like a, yeah, a worn down kind of acceptance. Hmm. Um, and I, acceptance I, or resignation? Yeah, like resignation is a better word, definitely. Mm. Re- just like, just like there is no way to fight this. This is unstoppable. This is inevitable. And it's just what's going to happen. And I think that's what that's what got to me because that seems so obviously not as good as the life that I was living. It's like, why aren't and And you're not even angry about it. You're just... Indifferent, yeah. You know, that is not, actually the most it's ter- disturbing yeah, part Yeah, it's terrifying. They just yeah. resigned to, like, the, in 1993 in the West, they were just resigned that all their rights to education, to ha- live the life they lead had just been taken away from them. And they were not, they weren't okay with it, but they just accepted there was just bugger all they could do about it. You know, you know I really wish I was that um, I was in the position of that uh, Muslim girl where the father said that the prostitutes, uh, if uh, that guitar players are prostitutes. I would really wish I was her for a moment. Well, that's pretty impressive for these prostitutes. Like, I'm really <laughs> glad. Like, who are all these prostitutes that are I going mean, and learning the guitar? Like, I'm really glad for them. This whole time, <laughs> and I didn't know. I haven't been using that part of my skill set. You know, I didn't. I mean, and what did that make me? She brought the guitar back to me. Am I like the 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 pimp? Like <laughs> training all this army of young girls to go out no, and be. I mean, so who's, weird. I mean, who's against prostitutes having a side hobby and learning how to play the guitar? <laughs> like, what's wrong yeah, with that? Already that's... have a pretty hard life. Let them play the guitar if yeah. they want to. <laughs> I mean, that's... yeah. Anyways, yeah. that was was that the last question? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hopefully one day this is going to be a yeah, it'll but... be a compliment to prostitutes. I think there is a um, uh, there is another. No, I think that's it. So yeah, everything's good. Um, Sophia, by the way, I did hear some of your music. You're a very, very good guitar player. Oh, so, thank you very. Yeah, thank if I ever much. need guitar lessons uh, for my daughter, and I'm like I'm definitely not good enough yet. Uh, well, yet I'm 44. To uh, I do Skype guitar lessons. I will do oh, Skype do. guitar lessons. Yeah. That is that's fantastic. Oh, where so, can and people now I have find this you? Fancy new headset, so I can. Uh, where 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 yeah. can people hire you for? Like, are you looking for more gigs? Yeah, I mean, I play all the time, all around Austin. I'm happy. My social media stuff is SJ Music ATX. That's my uh, my S- Facebook. Post. Sophia Johnson Music. Dot com is my website. I'm, I I play all around. Yeah, if you need a if you need some backing vocals and some lead guitar playing, I, <laughs> I'm your girl. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, also, but, uh, if you so also if you want to teach uh, your kids how to play the guitar over Skype, also right. So reach out yeah. to you as well. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but guys, um, people in the secular community, we need to support each other. This is what something that the religious people have managed to really do and, and a lot of people when they leave religious communities they don't feel like there's that much support for them anymore so, so you know to the credit of muslims and christians and jews and hindus this is something they do, do right they they look after each other so in the secular community we need to like we need to be able to replace that for people that are don't have that you know uh support so if you are like uh, you know go if you are looking for something uh, a gig like that like go go hire sophia mm-hmm. yeah. and yeah, this is no, can no you guys hear this small. i'll play anywhere no hall is too small okay that's good. can you guys can you guys hear this at all no no are you gonna play something please don't oh don't play oh, no. my music 
Is that what you do? No, no, don't I do that. Uh, it's going to be copyrighted or something. Like, I'm oh. going to have to. No, no copyright. But, so, uh, so, you know, we're going to put up all the links to it. You, yeah. you have a really, really good voice. So I had, I'm watching the video. That's a Hollywood review. The sixth oh. you performed over there with the band. Yeah, it's really good. It actually doesn't sound like uh Wait, do you write your own songs? That's 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 kind of Western swing. Yeah, I do write my own songs. Can yeah. you write something about say, you know the secular movement or uh, you know it's actually because I'm so passionate about it. It's something I have been trying to do for a long time. If I ever make any progress with actually writing like a good protest song, I will definitely oh send God. it to you guys. That I'll be. work with you on it. I've have to have a yeah. few ideas. No, I don't let Ali write. Ali will ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. okay. So, um, anyway, Sophia, it's been a pleasure, and thank you. I, I think you're a very good speaker. I, you, you speak up passionately. Thank you. I it's feel like I, I felt a little bit like my points were coming out all jumbled. I feel oh. like maybe I should have. Um, the be our best guests, no, no, no. our I best mean, guests, always say that. What's what's up with that? All of the best. Yeah, all of our best, best guests one. keep like who is um we had like yeah if they come after and like oh I think I didn't come through like the ones that we enjoyed the most no you were amazing this was great your passion just yeah. shows and it's just it's just and, wonderful and we haven't had this like in this context all of the elements to this not just the LGBT protest the Muslim yeah. homophobia how to deal with that the lefty righty thing uh, the regressive left thing um. The differences between the communities, uh, the all of these topics. How do white people? How do white atheists discuss this? All of these topics are so relevant. We haven't really had a show where we discussed all of that with somebody who's been in your position with your experiences. Right. So, I mean, I think that this was a um, Jen, yeah, a very very important uh, episode. Jen, well, thank you. Yeah, go on. Mm -hmm. Oh, just, that was it. Just thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Jen okay, is yeah. saying I'm thanks. Always... Jen is saying thanks, guys. And Sophia, you are fantastic. And thanks for speaking out. Um, thank you, Jen. Kira, Kieran Evans is saying, yeah, thanks, Sophia. Hopefully, um, hugely enjoyable discussion. Mike is saying, thank you. Live long and prosper. And Shan Taram is saying, thank you, Sophia. So informative. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, no. I'm definitely... Uh, you know, as a first foray into actually doing, you know, speaking about this. Um, oh, look, Ali's getting a guitar out now. Oh, my goodness, what <laughs> oh, were we no. in for? Okay, we're done, guys. Let's go. <laughs> 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 oh, no. No, I got, I got, uh, I, I saw that Telecaster hanging on your wall in the back. So I was going to show you this one. It's, hey, it's a cool. little dusty. Oh. Nice. There you go. That's the Telecaster. It's not a racist question. Is it an American one? Um, yeah, it's made in the USA. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Trump would love this. Wait, is yeah, that an anti-British racist comment? Huh? Is that anti-British thing to say like... Well, yeah. the, the, you, they're made in different places and the Mexican ones and the Korean ones. Uh, the, the, everybody wants an American-made one. Oh, okay. uh, it probably is racist, isn't it? There we go. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not. I was just kidding. Of course it's better if it's American. No, no, this is uh, this is American-made. Right. This is yeah. American -made. And it was expensive too, like really, really expensive. Right. So I, I actually rented this thing, um, and then I just rented it for a couple of months to record an EP. And then after that, I liked it so much, I didn't want to give it back, so I just went out and I bought it up. So it's, it's um, just got a beautiful sound. I'm fully in support of 
people owning m multiple guitars. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, for the people that are listening, yeah. listening and not watching this, uh, th sh she has a lot of guitars in the background. And if you're not, yeah. if you're, if you're listening to this, it's because you're not a patron. Because if you're a patron, you will be watching this. So please become a patron. A link is in the description and join Ooh, us nice live or watch. Segue. The... <laughs> smooth. That was real smooth. <laughs> yeah. So our patrons yeah. get to access the video discussions instead of just the audio, right? So huge yeah. but some people are just patrons just because they want to support the show they don't care what version they get so thank you to, to that as yeah, well I, I, i'm a patron and i listen a lot in my car i, I uh so uh, i'm not wa watching uh, uh but i've been a patron for a while now you should do it everyone go do it support support the good work that's being done here uh, thank, thank you, so you much. sophia thank, thank you. you all right i'm so, gonna stop streaming that's great anyway so we're gonna stop we'll see you guys next time see Bye -bye. you guys the secular jihadists have been made possible thanks to the Illuminati and the covert support of Israel and the CIA. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. If you like what we do, please support us. Share the podcast with your friends, write and tweet us with topic and guest suggestions, or head over to secularjihadists.com and give a dollar or more for exclusive access to live video. Have your questions read and answered on the air and more. Till next time, may the flying spaghetti monster be with you.